Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. Today, I have a three-word message I want to share with you. Write it down. Three words I'm going to give to you, and then we're going to close the Bible and we're out of here. <laughs> if only you thought that was the case. But I'd, seriously, though, I have three words I want to share with you, and these three words, I believe it'll pick you up when you're down. I believe it will encourage you when you're discouraged. I believe these three words will give you a victory in the midst of a defeat. And I believe these words in the moment of death will give you life. Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. Today, if you walk away with anything, I want you to walk away with those three simple words. Jesus never fails. Will you say that with me on three? One, two, three. Jesus never fails. We find the writer of Hebrews. We don't really know exactly who's writing here, but he's writing, as Brother Matthew said last week, to some Hebrew believers. And in verse number five, we find a direct quotation from two places in the Old Testament you find that the writer of Hebrews quotes the book of Deuteronomy and he also quotes the book of Joshua. Today I want to share with you three thoughts about how Jesus never fails in our lives. I want to go back and look into the writer of Deuteronomy. Now you know as well as I do that the original author was God himself through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit choosing an individual named Moses to write those words. So God is the author, but he chose to use a man named Moses. So I want to analyze Moses' life today, just very briefly. And then I want to move in, after we look at Deuteronomy, go back into the book of Joshua, since it's quoted there in the first chapter, and analyze Joshua's life. And, and we know that, that, that in this book, we may not know exactly who wrote the book of Joshua, but we do know that God chose to use an individual by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to write the words in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. And then I want to share with you as we come back to Hebrews about how God never failed the early church, how God never failed Joshua, and how God never failed Moses. So no matter what you're walking through right now, I don't know what the steps of life have brought to your door today, but I'm here to tell you something. Jesus never fails. Whether you're on top of the mountain seeing the views of God's beautiful creation, or you're down deep into the trenches of the valley, Jesus never fails. If you got your Bibles, will you go back to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31, and we'll see the first time this verse about how God will never leave us nor forsake us is mentioned. But what is interesting is in the New Testament, the Bible says that He will never leave us nor forsake us, but both times in the Old Testament, the Bible says that He will not leave us nor forsake us fail us. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse number 6. Before we read verse number 6, I want to share, share the first few verses with you. Moses is, is getting, let, let's just, a lack of better terms, Moses is just getting old. He's 120 years old, and until you've seen 120 years old, you're not old. You're still young. Oh man, says the pastor who's in his 20s. Anyways, uh, verse number 1 of Deuteronomy chapter 31 says, And Moses went and spake these words unto Israel. Now Moses is about ready to kick the bucket. He's about ready to die. But we find here that he shares some last words with the people of Israel. And he says, 
I am 120 years old this day. I can do no more going out and coming in. He says, also the Lord has said to me, thou shalt not go over this Jordan. Verse 3 says, the Lord thy God, he will go before thee. And he will destroy these nations from before thee, and thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over before thee, as the Lord has said. And the Lord shall do unto them, as he did to Sihon and to Og, kings of the Amorites, and unto the land of them whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them up before your face, that ye may do unto them according unto all the commandments which I have commanded you. Now notice verse 6. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. I wrote down this first thought I want to share with you. The God who did not fail Moses will not fail you. The God who did not fail Moses will not fail you. May I just talk briefly about Moses? Now, I know all of you here are theologians, you're Bible scholars, so this will be a great review about the life of Moses. You do find Moses in the Hall of Faith chapter in Hebrews chapter 11, and we might get to that in a few moments. But here, I'm going to share with you, uh, and if I, could, if I could for a few moments, may I take you back to the book of Exodus? We find that, that Joseph is dead. Joseph is gone. He is with God in heaven. And a Pharaoh arose who did not know about Joseph and didn't really know him. And so he began to treat the Hebrews like a bunch of slaves. And listen, no matter what nationality you are, no matter what background you are, nobody, man, woman, boy or girl, deserves to be treated like a slave. That's another sermon for another day. But in Exodus chapter number 1 and 2, we find some midwives come on the scene. And if, you're, if you think that God only uses men, you need to read the Bible. God uses men and women. And in Exodus chapter number 1, we find that God rose up. He moved in the lives of these midwives, these Hebrew midwives, and God used them. You see, there was a, a law decreed by Pharaoh saying, if you have a boy child or these Hebrews, that you need to take them and kill them. So they took this little boy named Moses and they put him in a little basket, and they put him in the river. And guess who finds little Moses, one of Pharaoh's relatives, in the palace? There, they feared God and chose to obey the word of God over the word of man. And, and may I say this? I, I love this nation. I love being an American. I love having the freedom that we have to do really whatever we want to. If you don't like your job, just quit it. Go get another one. Hey, listen, if you don't like Burger King, just go to McDonald's. And if you don't like McDonald's, then you can go to Chipotle. Can I get a witness in the house of God tonight or this morning? Being an American is awesome, but if there ever comes a law saying that we cannot read the Word of God, cannot pray to Jesus, well, listen, this guy is going to disobey that law because I would rather obey the Word of God than obey man's laws. And so there came up a law in the book of Exodus saying you can't do this, and so they disobeyed. By, because they feared God. Hebrews chapter 11, it says this about those midwives. It says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Wouldn't it be great if we understood that just as God didn't fail Moses or those midwives, no matter what you go through, no matter what I go through, God's not going to fail us. Jesus never fails. 
But as we move forward in the book of Exodus chapter 1 and 2, we find Moses gets a little older. He finds out that he's a Hebrew and he decides he wants to go in and be with his people. And they didn't like that. So we find that he goes and he, he ends up sinning against God. Moses was a murderer. He killed somebody and he tried to hide it. But somebody found out and then he fled for a little while. And in Exodus chapter number 3, we find after he went away and he's in the backside of the wilderness. Now, I've been to Israel. And when I think of the wilderness, I'm thinking of the Amazon jungle, okay? I'm thinking of the, the green forest everywhere. I'm thinking of anacondas crawling around and it's going to eat you. I'm thinking of that kind of wilderness. But in the desert, excuse me, the wilderness of the Middle East, it's a desolate, desertous place. And so there Moses is on the backside of the desert and he sees a bush burning. And then the bush started talking. Now, if you come up to me and you say you want some counseling and you say that you saw a bush burning and talking to you, I'm going to ask you what you were smoking or drinking the night before. <laughs> but Moses meets his master in Exodus chapter number three. And Moses began to say, I, 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 I can't talk, talk too well, uh, uh, Lord. He stuttered and he couldn't speak well. Listen, it doesn't matter what your ability is. God can use your inability for his great ability. God can use you no matter what you have to offer. He can take five loaves of bread and two small fishes and feed the multitudes. And if God can do that, just imagine what God can do with your life if you give it to him. Exodus chapter 3, we find that God chooses to use Moses even though he couldn't speak well. Even though he uh, wasn't maybe the best candidate for the, for the position, but God used him. And then we find in Exodus chapter 4 through 14, Moses and his mission. Moses' mission was simple. Walk into the court of Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Time and time again, Moses, with the assistance of Aaron, goes into the palace of the, of the great Pharaoh ruling over Egypt and says, thus saith the Lord, let my people go. And he said, not today, sir. Uh, yeah, nice try, but, but not happening. And Moses said, well, okay, yeah. You want to have it your way? God's going to send some fleas. God's going to send some flies. God's going to send the frogs. Imagine waking up with a bunch of frogs and toads in your bed and going into the bathroom, walking all over the slimy little critters of God and trying to take a shower. Man, that would make me get right with God in a heartbeat and say, get out of here, you Hebrews. But if that wasn't enough, he sent the, the water turning into blood, the, the fish dying and the cattle being slain. And then the firstborn, and, and please know that whenever those plagues came, it was a direct attack against the false idolatry of the land of Egypt. They were, they were polytheistic. That means they believed in many gods and worshipped many of them. And God was saying, I am the true and living God. Worship me. And Moses goes on his mission. Each time, God never failed him. He takes him to, God takes Moses out of the land of Egypt. Finally, after the death angel comes and the firstborn is slain, and they leave, and then Pharaoh's army comes, and they get up to the Red Sea. And you would have thought those Israelites were a bunch of Baptists because they were probably saying, uh, Brother Moses, uh, listen, we should have stayed in Egypt because now we're trapped at a Red Sea. It's hot out here. We have no food. We have no drink. We have no water. And now the Egyptians are going to come kill us. Brother Moses, what you say now? And God steps in after Moses raises his right arm. And a strong east wind comes and parts the Red Sea and they walk across on dry land. The God who did not fail Moses will not fail you. Jesus never fails. 
May I share with you now the second quotation, or excuse me, the second reference in the Old Testament from Hebrews chapter 13 that's being quoted. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. If you've got your Bibles, feel free to turn there with me. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5. We've looked into the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. Now we transition to the sixth book of the Old Testament, Joshua. And in Joshua chapter 1, we find that Moses is now gone to be with the Lord. And God says these words in verses 1 through 5 of Joshua chapter 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. He was giving the dimensions of the land that was promised to them. And then verse 5, here it is, the, the verse. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. I wrote down secondly, the God who did not fail Joshua will not fail you. The God who did not fail Joshua will not fail you. May I talk a little bit about Joshua? Did you know when we talk about the, the Hall of Faith chapter in Hebrews chapter 11, I always wonder, I said, well, I wonder why Joshua's name's not mentioned there. But you know what is mentioned? Two events that took place in the book of Joshua. The walls of Jericho coming down and then Rahab helping those spies. In Hebrews chapter 11, even though the, the name Joshua is not specifically mentioned, we find the events surrounding the life of Joshua is mentioned. And listen, if I was Joshua, I'd be happy about that. <laughs> May I talk to you a little bit about Joshua and Jericho? You know the story, how God tells the Israelites, He says, Joshua, I want you to go to Jericho, and I want you to march around the walls for seven days, one time for the first six days, and seven times the seventh day. And I want you on the seventh day to blow the trumpet, and when you blow the trumpet, the walls are going to fall. Now, if you came to me and said, Brother Brian, I have a revelation from God. And what God has told me is we're going to walk around the forest over there for seven days. And we're going to walk around it the first day, and then the second day, one time, the third day, one time, all the way through the sixth day. And on the seventh day, we're going to walk around that forest seven times. And we're going to get our trumpet out, we're going to blow a trumpet, and a building is going to rise from the ground. <laughs> if you told me that, I'd say, listen, you have lost your mind. You're crazy. Well, anyways, that's the word that God gave to Joshua, except the opposite. The walls were going to come down, and sure enough, on the seventh day after they walked around those walls and they blew that trumpet, the walls came down, and they walked in. It's interesting. As I was meditating upon the walls of Jericho and the life of Rahab the harlot, I'm thankful today that it doesn't matter what your past is, that God can use you. It doesn't matter how clean you've lived or how dirty you lived, God can wipe it all away. I'm reminded of Isaiah chapter number one 
That great verse that the prophet Isaiah shares with us about how God is able to wash our sins white as snow. He says, These prophetic words and great encouraging words, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. I'm thankful today that the blood of Jesus Christ is able to cleanse us from every stain of sin. And every time we read the walls of Jericho coming down in the life of Rahab the harlot, we see that scarlet thread or the rope that was used and it's a representation of how Jesus came and he lived a sinless life and he died on the Calvary's cross and he rose victoriously from the grave so that we could experience eternal life in him and listen friend if you've never experienced that great wonder of salvation you need to do so before it's eternally too late Joshua and Jericho God did not fail him there but then as Joshua moves forward in his life he gets to chapters three and four and they come to the Jordan and I've seen the Jordan there's parts that are Pretty, a little wide, where they had the big baptismal scene. But there's another part that, that these Olympic jumpers could run and just jump right over it. And I'd pay good money to watch some of y'all try to jump that river too. I would. I might even pay for your flight to go out there. Just kidding. <laughs> That's a $4,000 flight that you're not getting from me. <laughs> just kidding. Anyways, Joshua and Jordan, they get to Jordan. And God does the same thing at Jordan as he did at the Red Sea. The sea parted. And at this time, they had the Ark of the Covenant. And he took it across. And then they get over to the other side. And you know what they do? They build up some memorial stones. So that the days to come, their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren would be able to hear about how God moved and helped us. Not just through the walls of Jericho, but across Jordan. I don't know what kind of walls of life are surrounding you right now. I don't know what kind of sea you're up against today, but I'm here to tell you something. God will not fail you because he did not fail Joshua. And then as we get to the end of Joshua's life, his last words in chapter 23 and 24 talk about how he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. May I change the reading of that verse for the sake of application? As for us and our church, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, as for you and your house, let us pledge today that we will serve God from this moment forward to the day He calls us home. The God who did not fail Joshua, the God who did not fail Moses, will not fail you. Jesus never fails. But now, may I take you back to the first verse we read today. In Hebrews chapter 13, we've seen the two original references about how God will not fail us nor forsake us. And now we come back to the writer of Hebrews, and he's quoting. Keep in mind, he, he just talked about the great hall of faith chapter and all these characters, all these Old Testament saints. And he, he talks about them, how God used them in a great and mighty way. And then in chapter number 12, he talks about how we are running this race and we're looking unto Jesus. And he talks about a whole lot of other things. And then he transitions to this chapter and he talks about how our lifestyle is to be without covetousness. And he says how we are called to be content with the things that we have. And then he quotes the Old Testament, saying, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I want to share this thought with you. The God who did not fail the early church will not fail you. 
The God who did not fail the early church will not fail you. You know, sometimes we get in so much debate about who wrote the book of Hebrews and who wrote some of the other books of the Bible and some of these details that really, listen, let's just face it, it doesn't really mean that much. We know that God chose a man and wrote the book, and that's all we need to know. But the writer of Hebrews lived in the early church and was part of the early church. Whether it was Paul or, or somebody else, we know that they lived then. And when you study the book of Acts, we find that, that in Acts chapter number 1, we see that God, in the form of Jesus Christ, God the Son, is there and He commissions the church. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. In Acts chapter 1, it says, you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. He gives us that great commission, the early church and the great commission is to go tell the world that Jesus saves. That Jesus has risen and that Jesus will not fail you and that Jesus will not forsake you and that Jesus can transform your life from the inside to the outside. Are you part of the Great Commission? Are you living each and every day hoping and trusting God to give you opportunities to advance the gospel? That's what God has called us to do. And that's what he did in Acts chapter 1, including John, Luke, Mark, and Matthew. The Great Commission is something that God has given us to do. I like what one preacher said. He said this, the mission of the church is missions. That's what we're called to do. And I'm thankful that we send missionaries. But listen, hear me well today. If all we do is send missionaries money all over the world and we don't take the gospel and penetrate our city with it, we failed in the Great Commission. It's time that we realize that the Great Commission is not just going abroad, but also going in our own town. And I like what one preacher said. If he's, if he, he said this, if you're not willing to go across the street to share the gospel, don't go across the seas. Acts chapter 2, we find the early church and the comforter comes. And that comforter is not somebody who puts their arm around you and gives you a nice little comforting hug and cheers you up and smiles at you and says it's going to be all right. The comforter is the Holy Spirit of God. In Acts chapter 2, Peter stands up and he preaches that message and thousands come to know Christ as Savior. They, they are speaking, he's speaking in one language and everybody's hearing them in their own national language. It, it, really a phenomenal thing. Let's say you originally spoke French and let's say I'm speaking in, in uh, you know, Hebrew and there I'm speaking in Hebrew, but you're hearing me in French. That's what's going on in Acts chapter 2, at least according to my understanding. And there God is doing great things and he sends the Holy Spirit to comfort. And now, listen, it's interesting. The Old Testament talks about the, how God tabernacled with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And then he tabernacled among them in the tabernacle and then in the temple. And then he came and tabernacled among us and lived among us. And then after he died and rose again, he comes and tabernacles inside of us. So you and I... Listen, this is not the temple of God. This is just a building. You, me, we are the temple of God because the Holy Spirit lives in us. And I like what Jeremy Camp said in his song. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives within us. And then as you read chapter 3 all the way through the end of the book of Acts, we find how God gave them courage. The early church and their courage. Our prayer is God give us courage. God give us boldness. Can you imagine being arrested for your faith? Can you imagine somebody holding up a gun to your face because of your faith? Can you imagine somebody threatening to chop your head off because of your faith? 
honest to God, the worst I've ever received is a few four-letter filth words in persecution. <laughs> and that is extremely mild. In fact, there's not a, 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 a sauce out there that has as little spice as that has. <laughs> you can't find it. Today, we live in such a, an amazing place and we really don't receive the persecution that the early church did. But, but it may come in this nation. Yes, I know there will come a time when you will be mocked and, and made fun of because of your faith, you will. You might lose your job over your faith, but listen, if that ever happens, God's going to give you a better one. <laughs> and I, I'm just crazy enough to believe that if you lose that job, God is going to give you not just a better one, but he's going to give you one that's going to pay you better. And I believe that by faith. But nonetheless, from Acts chapter 3, we find that Paul, well, Saul comes to know Christ as Savior. And then God takes somebody like Saul, transforms him all the way to his name and says, I'm going to call you Paul now and I'm going to use you even though you persecuted the church and you ridiculed the church and you killed people in the church. I'm going to use you to be the messenger for the church. God wants to give us courage so that he can take us into the world. And I know, I know you might be here saying, well, I just, I'm just not good at talking to people. I used to not be either. When I was growing up, I was extremely introverted, if you could say. I didn't like to talk to people, especially if I didn't know them. But now today, listen, I can talk to you till kingdom comes about anything you want to talk about, especially when it comes to the Word of God. God can take your inabilities and turn them into great abilities. Will you let God step into your life and give you the courage and boldness so that He can use you to fulfill the Great Commission? The God who did not fail the early church. The God who did not fail Joshua. And the God who did not fail Moses will not fail you. Jesus never fails. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith, 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.